This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. Were the 1980s filled with more disappointment than what the idiots are experiencing right now? Or should we just get used to disappointment? Once again, it's time for the idiots. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots. Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, and joining me as always is my friend and co-host, Ray. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for a moment I was happy because I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. You remind me with your uh, huff. (laughs) Yeah, so. We, We have news. We've been better. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Mr. John Schneider, after, you know, much uh, anticipation on our part, had to postpone on us. The good news is for Mr. Schneider, uh, Mr. John Schneider, of course, we're talking about uh, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard, uh, who's slated to be on our show sometime in the near future, had to postpone at least his, his upcoming appearance because his book tour seems like it's taken off. It's on fire. Well, he is popular, so. Yeah. And it, it, so, hey. You know, we love the guy. So he's got a book out, My Life, My Way, which is a really cool book. It's all these, you know, he's telling about his life story starting from when he's a young man. And it's, it's in a way that you can hear his voice and it's really easy to read. And the stories are great. I don't want to spoil any of them now. Maybe we'll talk about some of them when he's on the show. But he's had a pretty interesting life. Yeah, he's a great storyteller. I yeah. follow him on the YouTube and uh, he's always fun to watch and listen to. So, But uh, more importantly, we have a giveaway that we have to... Uh, Take care of. Right. Because even though he's not going to be on the show, we're going to follow up on our end of the bargain, which was to a reward one of our listeners with a, an, a personalized autograph from John Schneider. And uh, the contest ended just a short time ago, and a winner was chosen at random by the, our, our contest company. And you want to say the name of the winner? Uh, I will do it. Yeah. Uh, his name is Jim Love. Jim Love. So congratulations, Jim. Uh, you'll get an e- email from us shortly if you haven't received it already. Uh, you know, let's talk and work out the details or the deets, as the kids would say. Yeah, and congratulations. Congratulations. So, wow, some bad news and some good news, but I'm still bummed out, and that me feeling bummed out may carry over the whole show, so I'm warning you. All right. But before we get to us being bummed out about that, let's talk about 80s news. So, as usual, it will not surprise you, things that we loved in the 1980s are still hanging around and popping up in different ways right now in the, let's see, we live in the 2020s or what is yeah, it? Yeah, we are in the 2020. Yeah, the t- what is this, 21st century? The 2020s. So we, <laughs> wow, you know, it just occurred to me, we're talking about the 20th century. What? From, I mean, the 1980s was in the 20th century. Yeah. We're analyzing it and revering it and defending it from the 21st century. Wasn't that when Buck Rogers was? I was just thinking that, but I think he was 23rd. 23rd, 24th, somewhere around there. And I think Duck Dodgers was even further in the future. Okay, so hey, in 80s news, uh, story number one, Detroit's, and I'm getting this headline straight out of popular mechanics, Detroit's glorious RoboCop statue, nearly a decade in the making, is almost done. That is super cool. Isn't that wild and amazing? So... Going back several years now, in 2011, a Twitter user suggested that to Detroit's mayor that a RoboCop statue be erected in the city, and uh, in, in that it could serve the, in Detroit much like the Rocky statue does in, in Philadelphia. Although, didn't they take that statue, statue down in Philadelphia? Uh, why would they do that? 
I think they moved it at least from the steps because they were like, this dude's, people were against it because they're like, this is a fictional character. This isn't like Ben Franklin or somebody who actually, you know, lived here and did something. I was going to say, isn't Rocky the most popular character ever to live there? Fictional? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going, I'm not following you there. No. To live there, no. Fictionally, yes. Yes. Fictional character. Yes, that's like true. Benjamin Franklin. Yes, that's true. Um, so in any, in any case, a Kickstarter was opened up and uh, some money was raised in order to uh, build this statue. But um, after many delays, um, it's finally done. And the statue is slated to stand outside the Michigan Science Center. But that institution is now, sa- is now under uh, a different uh, control than it was back when this was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. they have a no comment policy right now as to whether or not the statue is going to stand there. Huh. Well... Hopefully they can get the I'd buy that for a dollar statue done a lot quicker. <laughs> you know, you could get that I'd buy that for a dollar guy to like cut a ribbon on the yeah. statue. That would be great. Um, I think it's interesting that at the time this, this, um, you know, this idea was pitched or, or, or you know, conceived originally, um, Detroit was mostly in the news for having you know, great economic problems. I think they're starting to climb out of it as far as I know. I'm not an expert on that area. But who better than RoboCop to be in Detroit and stand for Detroit in a depressed area, because as you know, the, the, the fictionalized Detroit was terrible. I mean, it had great hardship. Yeah, maybe they could do like a, a Mount Rushmore of Detroit. There's other you fictional have, characters. Well, you could have Barry Sanders, RoboCop, um, Henry Ford. Okay. And we'd need a fourth for the Mount Rushmore. Now, is the of fourth going to be a real person or a fictional one that you're mixing them? Well, you can mix together, match, though, can't you? I, I, well, Mount Rushmore's all real oh, people. Just throw. Throw Eminem or Kid Rock on there. Oh, I see. There you go. So, okay, one fictional and three real. Yeah, they can do that. Icons of Detroit. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Hey, uh, in other news, uh, another another 1980s property is getting a reboot. This one, you know, may be okay in one sense, at least. Um, The 1980s TV show Punky Brewster is coming back. Were you a fan? Did you watch Punky Brewster? I did not care for that show. You know, I think... I watched it, but I think it was unmemorable, so I couldn't tell you anything about it except it was, oh, I can tell you two things. One, it was it featured the young girl, young Punky Brewster, and her dad was, or maybe her adoptive father was the actor who played the, uh, was the Sarge or whatever on Police Academy. You know, he's, oh, the Commandant. Remember, he was the, <laughs> the, he was the bumbling uh, yeah, guy who was okay. the, um, I don't remember the scenario where, like, he was the adoptive father or something. I know he's no longer with us anymore. In any case, Soleil Moonfry, you know, who played mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. character originally, she's going to be back. Oh, great. Um, and, of course, now she's all grown up. So um, the uh, in the original sitcom, she was a young girl being raised by a foster dad. Now she's going to play a character where she's a single mother uh, uh, trying to raise three kids and get her life back on track. Hmm. So another show you probably won't watch. <laughs> if it's funny, I'll watch it. Oh, okay. You're into single mom sitcoms. Um, there's a couple good ones. Yeah. You got uh, one, one, one Day at a Time. One Day at a Time is really good. I loved that show. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then, I liked uh, Schneider. Yeah, Schneider's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was. He, he made me a fan of the denim vest. <laughs> Remember that? And, and I, I got to tell you, I always was rolling stuff up in my sleeve. <laughs> Remember he had his pack of cigarettes yeah. in his sleeve, in his shirt, t-shirt? Of course he did. I always would roll things up in there when <laughs> I was a kid. All right. In other 80s news, and this is the best of the 80s news, is that a Beastie Boys documentary directed by Spike Jones is coming to Apple TV+. Plus. That's good news, because they deserve one. Yeah. And so it's uh, our understanding is that it's uh, going to cover a lot of the same ground as the book that was uh, recently uh, written and published by Mike D. and Ad Rock. 
their uh, memoir. It's a giant memoir. Oh, we've got it right is here. Is it the one called Pizza? <laughs> it's not called Pizza, but there is a, a pizza place on the cover. Um, no, it's called Beastie Boys Book. Uh, it came out in 2018. In any case, Spike Jones is going to be directing this documentary about the, you know, the rise of the, these uh, iconic, legendary rappers. My, yes. my, among my favorites, if not my favorite. There's certainly more songs on my iTunes of Beastie Boys than any other rapper, and I love a lot of rappers. Um, but this is uh, slated to hit the theaters on limited run on April 3rd, and then it's going to be on Apple TV+, Plus. so you can have to pay more money for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be on Apple TV+, Plus for streaming on April 24th. That's super cool. Right? Yep. And so you know what? Maybe we'll have to time. You know I've been holding back on all, anything hip-hop so far, but um, maybe April 24th we'll have to do at least the Beastie Boys episode. Yeah, they deserve their own episode. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we can get one of them lined up and have them postpone on us. Or, or we, could just, we could just get Rick Rubin to cancel on us if we're going to go big. Oh, I see. Let's get the... Who's the biggest person we can get to commit and then cancel? <laughs> and then cancel. <laughs> or not cancel, reschedule. Right, right, right. right. Post- reschedule. Right, right, right. We look forward to talking to you, John Strike. Yes. Okay. And that was 80s news. Dun, 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 dun. Ack. All right. So, hey, you know, I've been feeling mumped out. So I was researching, like, how to deal with disappointment, and I found some different steps. None of them proved useful. Well, And that's where I come in. Because... Yes. I said, let's do a show about disappointment. Yes. And Will said, I've never been disappointed a day in my life. <laughs> I don't know. Since we started doing this podcast, I've had my fill. <laughs> so to, to uh, combat yes. the disappointment you feel, I'm going to give you things, and then you can, it'll, maybe it'll trigger something that you're disappointed about growing up. So these are things that you... These are personal experiences. Oh, Okay. We're going to go right there. We're going to do some personal experiences of disappointment yeah. that will make this seem like no big deal. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? <laughs> um, the first one, um, I was about eight or nine years old. And uh, back in the 80s, early oh. 80s, when I was younger, uh, short hair was really popular. Okay. And all the cool kids had the short hair back then. So back then, I still cared what people thought. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to keep my hair short. So I said, Mom, I need a haircut, need a haircut. She said, not today. We've got to, we're going to go, blah, blah, blah. So I got the scissors <laughs> and said, I can handle this myself. <laughs> the funny thing is I can immediately picture your son <laughs> doing the same exact thing. Probably. So I cut my own hair, and yeah. the second I was done, yeah. I was very disappointed <laughs> with what I had done. <laughs> As was my mother <laughs> and the barber she took me to. <laughs> to fix it up? Yeah. So was there, <laughs> so I can get the haircut in my mind. Was there an actor or sports, an athlete or something that, like uh, what was the sort of iconic example of this type of haircut? I'm trying to imagine. Uh, I think it was more just that short style from the 80s yeah. where, well, if you take away the rat tail from yeah. the, the so haircut, Like short and spiky kind of? Yeah, kind of a short spiky haircut. Okay. But I just took scissors and just went straight across the back, like chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> I didn't even use a mirror or anything. Hmm. I just started cutting. Wow. And that was it. Hair, hair done. You know, <laughs> you do remind me of something. And for the sake of this episode, I'm going to say it was in 1989. And I think it was in 1989. So it just gets it in there. Um, I was older. And I think I was in college, and I needed a haircut, too. And, um, you know, I, I don't, there was probably a barber. It was a college town, so there's probably a barber or somebody, you know, a salon or something like that in the town. Um, I don't remember being aware of it, but I also remember being impatient. 
So I think I owned, or some friend owned, Clippers, you know, just electric mm-hmm. Clippers. And my, my be- very best friend uh, and former, and, and ultimately was one of my roommates, Alex, I don't know if he'd want me to say his name. <laughs> he says, hey, why don't we cut each other's hair? <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking, I'm an artist. I could cut his hair, no problem. So, you know, I, I very carefully using the clippers to sort of fade away so the back is mm-hmm. like short but then goes long. And I use scissors and, you know, cut the top. Looks great. All right, now we switch. <laughs> We're doing this in the, you know, the men's restroom there, you know, the bathroom there with the hairs all over the place. Now we switch. Mm-hmm. The clippers go on. Alex is standing behind me. You know, the then the, the, that buzzing turns off and immediately hear, oh no. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? He's like, I think I cut too much. So what it turns out is he was using the clippers without any guard no, on yeah. it at all. Mm-hmm. And he just went straight up the back of my head about two <laughs> inches. <laughs> So I had a giant bald spot the, as with, wide as the shears, you know? Oh, yeah. So like, what do we do? So I said, just, he said, I'll make it even. So he just <laughs> shaved off two inches around the whole thing. So I was bald in part of my back of my head. That was very disappointing. <laughs> I wore a hat as, lo- as often as I could, but it, it didn't, wasn't low enough to cover the fact that I was bald halfway down my head. Yeah. So if you're listening, he's very disappointed in the haircut you right. gave him. Yes, Alex. I still <laughs> right. remember. Yes. All right, story at number two. Okay. Uh, I was 15 years old. Yeah. My friends could finally drive. I was finally going to go to my first rock and roll concert. And that was Alice Cooper and Ace Fraley. Okay. And the day came, and we piled into the car like all teenagers do, excited. And Ace Fraley was one of our huge, huge idols growing up. Sure. We get to Public Hall Theater, whatever the hell it was called back then. We walk up to the doors, and there's a giant sign on the door that says, Ace Fraley will not appear tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like... What? So it was just Alice Cooper? It was just Alice Cooper, huh. and there was no reason given mm-hmm. for why he wasn't going to be there. Right. And we were devastated. Yeah. Now, mind you, Alice Cooper was amazing, mm-hmm. but I was so looking forward to my first performance, because Ace was opening that show. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to see Ace Fraley. It's going to be my first concert. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him, Alice was still great. But seeing that sign on the door yeah. was like just so disappointing. Yeah. It was horrible. Hmm. I can't. Yeah. Well, look, I think I've already told my story about being embarrassed in front of my aunt at the Beastie Boys concert. Because I don't know if I told this already. If I told this already, skip ahead. <laughs> you do remind me, though, a lot of my disappointment in, as a young person was, was related to being embarrassed or feeling humiliated. And one was at the well, Beastie yeah. Boys concert. That's what the whole, this that, whole episode is about. I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, maybe, well, I don't know if this would surprise you, but I felt embarrassed a lot when I was a kid. I got, I got right. out of it, suddenly like snapped out of it. No one could humiliate me about anything. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I loved the Beast. I went, my aunt took me and my cousin. We were both, you know, young teens uh, to see the Beastie Boys in their first licensed ill tour. Concert was great. And then suddenly a giant, I think it's nine feet, I looked up, like nine feet foot uh, phallus, a penis, pops out of the middle of the stage. Women are dancing in cages, all the activity that the Beastie Boys have since apologized for. That was, I felt really uncomfortable sitting next to my aunt, watching what was essentially a giant erection, you know, mm-hmm. rise from the stage. And then to make it even more embarrassing and humiliating, they spent about five or ten minutes hopping on it. You know, not the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Crew members came out to put it back under the stage so they could film a video for MTV and not have a big, you know, dick in it, basically. Mm-hmm. And these crew members were just hopping up and down on the head of this giant penis, stuffing it into a box. That, 
So yeah, that was a uh, ten minutes uh, uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable. Yes, disappointing. We'll call that disappointment and the Beastie Boys bringing a giant penis. Yes, that they had to jump out on stage. Yeah, and a recent disappointment just connected to that was yeah. you know look I love MCA it was it's sad that he died. Mm-hmm. What was disappointing prior to that was they were about to go on tour and I was set to have tickets. I might maybe we even purchased our tickets. That's hugely disappointing. Well, that was in like 2011. Goodness, but still, Beastie okay. Boys is one of the biggest '80s bands there I, is. I was devastated. I was really devastated there you by go. that, and then devastated. Unfortunately, like two years after that, when unfortunately you know MCA passed away. Yep. But, All right, moving on to, to disappointment yep. number three. Okay, I don't know if I'm feeling better or not, though. It's you like will I'm at reminded the end. By <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bad moments. All right, um, I got my first job. Okay, I'm washing dishes at a restaurant. Yeah, super pumped. I'm getting paid. Okay, I'm making three dollars and thirty six cents an hour, I believe. Okay, I worked fifteen hard, grueling hours in the dish pit that first week. Yeah. I got my first check. I'm pumped. I'm going to buy some Metallica gear. I'm going to get some new albums. I'm going to do all this stuff. My check was like 40 bucks. <laughs> How many? Wait, over what period of time? 15 like hours. A, um, I'm not good three, at that. 36 an hour. Let's see. Well, you must have been After paid taxes, on taxes, oh. it was like 40 bucks. That's got to be under the table, no? I mean, no, the minimum was, wage is like four bucks probably. Another, no, this was like 1988. All right. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I was hugely disappointed <laughs> in how labor wages work in the United States of America back then. Yes. And I thought, there's got to be a better way. Yes. <laughs> so I asked my boss, is there a better way? And he said, no. <laughs> so I was hugely disappointed. <laughs> nope. You remind me of two things. One was my, one of my first jobs, and I had a few first jobs leading up to it, but my first job in retail, because I had a few smaller jobs before that, I was like 13 years old, and I worked at a men's clothing store, and the guy said, look, I'm going to give you a great deal. I'm going to pay you under the table. I didn't know what that meant. He said, but because we're going to pay you under the table, it's gonna, we're going to pass the savings on to you. Again, I had no idea what any of this meant. Mm-hmm. In any case, same situation. When I wound up to get paid, I wound up, I did the math. If I had made minimum wage, I would have made more than what he paid me, quote, under the table, right? <laughs> the way I, the way, um, let's see, justice was sought involves a crime. I think it's past the statute of limitations, so I'm going to skip past that and right. instead tell you a story that also took place in 1989 with a friend of mine. We got a job for the summer from my, uh, at a company that my mother worked at. I think she might have been a, well, she wasn't a VP at the time. I'm not sure. In any case, she worked at this company, and it was a lighting company. Uh, and for the summer, our job was to set up the uh, showroom so people could come in and see the lights, you know? And we were told to work with this guy who would help us know what to put. And, so, and this was a guy who had been retired. He was like an executive VP from the company, but he was retired. An old curmudgeon guy. And we get to, you know, we're putting, elect- you know, we're, we do, we're kids. <laughs> but we're, we're doing electrical, stuff that electricians should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Wiring these ceilings, wiring these lights, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, my buddy... Craig, I'll call him out, Craig. He's the guy I ran across the highway with uh, to the movie theater. Craig says, hey, you know, we're, we should be getting paid. He says this to me. We should be getting paid more for this. We could frigging die, you know, <laughs> and we're only getting paid minimum wage. We should get a raise. I said, all right, sounds good to me. He said, so you go ask for one. <laughs> so, okay, so I, you know, one day I get up the courage and I go up to this old curmudgeon dude. Hey, you know, we were thinking, you know, we could die when we we're doing this. This electrician should be doing this. We should get a raise. He didn't say anything for it seemed like five minutes. And then he started screaming at the top of his head, <laughs> you ungrateful sons of, you think that. <laughs> we 
didn't wait to hear the end of the sentence. We literally, oh, actually, before we got into the situation, we planned how we were going to escape if <laughs> things went crazy. We ran out of back door, like a fire exit, and ran out and you know didn't stop running until we were clear of the building. Mm-hmm. The last thing I heard him say was, is I'm going to tell your mother, <laughs> which was probably the scariest part. In any case, hugely disappointed because not only did we not get the raise, we were let go. Nice. That is so disappointing. We of, and that was how we were going to make money. Oh, a flip side of that. Maybe this is part of the lesson. And look, this is interesting. The money I did make that from that job, that day that we, the last day we worked, was the day that um, t- uh, Time to Get, no, sorry, Paul's Boutique came out. Mm-hmm. And we went to a nearby record store and we went and bought the record yep. with the little money I made. Yep, there you go. So I turned the frown upside down. Yeah, see? I'm starting to feel a little better now. Yeah, that, all right. Uh, we're going to move on to number four. Okay. I was in high school, yeah, and I wanted to be in a band. And my buddy's band was like, "We need a singer." Yeah, and and I was like, "Hey, that's great!" And they're like, "Swing by, and we'll work it out." Talent show's coming up, and yeah. I'm like, "Okay." Now, mind you, at this point in time, yeah, I had never been in a band before. Okay, I had never sang. I just looked like your typical heavy metal guy <laughs> with long hair. But for some reason... This is because you spent your 40 bucks on all that <laughs> Metallica yeah, gear. I bought, yeah, I bought some new earrings and stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, apparently they thought I knew what I was doing yeah. because I show up for the audition. It's your confidence. No, I had no idea what was going on. I'd never done this before. I was like, oh, okay. So I walk in and immediately they just break into Cold Gin by Kiss. Okay. Da-da, da-da, yeah. And I'm supposed to just start singing. Oh. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. But you know the song. I know the song, but yeah. I don't. I don't remember all the lyrics at this I point. Yeah. I didn't plan on like pl- doing yeah. this song. Yeah. So, like, they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> what's going on?" <laughs> so uh, disappointed, mm-hmm. I left, and I did not join that band, hmm. and it was very disheartening hmm. and disappointing. Wow. And that was my first experience with being in the music business. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that was like. That's never going to happen to me again. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What comes to mind to me is I, I only played out in a band once, and it was, a, it was a pretty good experience. Although, I guess I was, this is a, this is a side disappointment. I was ah. disappointment, disappointed that this one girl that I liked wasn't very impressed with the fact that I was in this band. I thought that might, you know, carry yeah. some more weight. But, um, well, that's disappointing right there. That was, yeah, a minor disappointment. So maybe that's, you know. That's enough. She was really cute, too. In any case, mm-hmm. but you remind me, though, with regard to high school, um, I guess this is a disappointment, although it's my own fault. And again, this is connected with somewhat being humiliated, was the fact that I had signed up to, uh, to run for student council. But then, this is, you know, I feel embarrassed about this even now as I think about it. I did nothing to prepare <laughs> for running for student council, <laughs> understanding what student council was, what it did. I really had no idea. It was just like, no, that's, you know, a, that's a good thing you should, you know, be a part of. Mm-hmm. So the day comes where we all have to make a speech to pitch, you know, the crowd on voting for us. Yeah. I had nothing planned. Now, a guy before me, they said, it's your turn. He was like, uh, no, I'm not going up there in front of the school and doing this. So he bailed out. And I was like, well, I don't want to look like that guy. I got to at least <laughs> go up there and say something. So I went up there and said some asinine nonsense. I still, it's funny the things that stick with you, right? But mm-hmm. um, at the time, I liked wearing, I don't know who I thought I was, Fonzie or something. It's just so stupid. But at the time, I was in high school, towards junior year or whatever. I wore a leather jacket in school. We had to wear a jacket. Uh, and yeah. T- we, well, no, but we, I went to a school where you had to wear a jacket and tie. <laughs> 
So somehow I was able to wear a leather jacket. I don't know how I pulled this off necessarily, but I had a tie and, you know, I was all dressed up nicely other much. And I, and I had these glasses that would, you know, turn uh, dark when you were in bright light. So mm-hmm. in the school, because of the lights at the school, it would look like I wore sunglasses all the time. Nice. So I had sunglasses, <laughs> nice. But I think in hindsight, I look like a douche. <laughs> a leather jacket and sunglasses in this prep school. And so I said, my speech was, if you vote for me, I will make it so that everyone can wear leather jackets and sunglasses. <laughs> I got your vote. <laughs> I'm voting for you. And needless to say, I don't think I got a single vote. Wow. And so that was, well, I voted for myself. Well, but that was go. hugely disappointing. Yes. And I was hugely disappointed in myself first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are great. I oh. love this. This oh, might gosh. be my favorite episode. By the way, my face feels, I don't know if it's because we left the lights on. My face feels <laughs> so warm for this episode. I think it might be the humiliation or disappointment. It could be both. Yeah. All right, now we get to my second most humiliating <laughs> oh, moment. You've been doing these in order of a yeah, countdown? Yeah, I have. Oh, I've been doing a huh. countdown. I can't wait to number one. All right. All right. Um, Little League Baseball. Yeah. We are playing the game to go to the World Series. Okay. Not the real one on TV. Yeah. Just our local one. Oh, okay. Just our little local World Series for the Little League. Mm-hmm. I'm in center field. Yeah. We're up by one run. I will preface this by saying I don't ever wear cleats when I played mm. baseball as a kid. Yep. So we got one out to go. We're one run up. It's the last inning. We still can bat, yep. but there's these two kids, the twins. They're giants. <laughs> the first one comes up, yep. and he hits it, and it's just a regular fly ball. It's to my right. right. I run to my right. I go to set to catch it. My feet go out from under me. I hit a oh. slick spot in the grass. Yep. Whoop. <laughs> Down I go. No. He's got a double. His brother comes up. The other monster hits a home run. So mm. now we're down by one run. So we come up to bat. I'm just crushed at this point. I'm yeah. like, I had it and I fell. And you can't shake off that. As soon uh, no, as that happens. No, this is horror. This is yeah. horrifying. So our first three guys come up to bat. Whiff, whiff, whiff. Three strikeouts. They go to the World Series mm. and we go home. And I'm crushed. Yep. I'm so disappointed in myself. Not because we lost, but because I know I should have caught that ball. Mm. And had I not fallen, I would have easily caught it. Yeah. Devastation. Mm. That sucked. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Like, you know, again, it's amazing these things that stay with you, right? I mean, you could probably oh, yeah. I could feel ne- that moment. And I couldn't those- throw that memory away if I wanted to. You remember with such detail, as far as we know. They say the more you remember something, the the more you sort of write over it. Yeah, th- th- I think that destroy. quote is, um, the more you remember something, the more awful it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was what Freud said, yeah. yeah no. Something like that. <laughs> no. Yeah, supposedly the more you remember something, the worse you, what, you affect the memory, you make it uh, less reliable. Something like that. I don't know. My memory's pretty reliable on this yeah. stuff, so. It seems you, like you have that, any right? sports stories <laughs> that are horrible? I do have a sports story, but it, I don't know. I, look, I guess I felt disappointed. Slipping reminds me of a like a first date I ever went on, falling down. That was prob- that was more humiliating and disappointment. Disappointing. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah. So the, yeah, the sports one's not near as interesting. Um, it had to do with track and, and just like my student council thing, not preparing enough, and then running against a guy who had a beard. We were in high school. Some guy just had got a full beard, and like his kids were there cheering him on. Oh yeah, uh, my buddy had a beard in high school. He bought beer, basically. Yeah. So, in any case, but you remember when you said falling down and be disappointed? So the first time I ever went on a date, you know, quote unquote date. When you're a kid, you go, what, what is that, right? 
But um, it's funny. It'd be funny if any of my friends from this year are listening to it. It's like, how does he hold on to that for so long with such detail, right? Because (laughs) as far as I remember. But I remember, you know, I don't know. I was probably in seventh grade, and, you know, I really liked this one girl. And um, so we were going to go on a double date. You know, it was her, me and Mm -hmm. her and her friend and, you know, my other friend. And so my mom was so supportive. And I guess I think it was probably sixth or seventh grade. My mom was so supportive because I remember that weekend going shopping for clothes. We were going anyway. But I was like, oh, I've got this, you know, date coming up. And the outfit, <laughs> first of all, I wasn't disappointed in this, but I should have been. The outfit I picked out, and you got to, this is like, you know, when hip hop is sort of coming up, you know, and uh, spreading out from, from New York City. I picked out an outfit. Um, it was a purple shirt. And matching purple pants. Oh, that sounds awesome. And I think they even had a stripe, like, across them or down the side or something like that. And I also had the exact same outfit, I think, in turquoise. So I also had the turquoise shirt. So it was a a tough decision to pick which one you were going to (laughs) wear? Yes. That was the first challenge. But I picked the purple one. In any case... We walk down, you know, I lived in the city, as I've said before, walk down the street, we're going to go eat at the pizza place. That's our big date. And on the way, I, and I had, you know, my new clothes on, I slip in a puddle and fall, just like you, in a puddle, you know, on a sidewalk, in a big, I don't know where this big puddle came from, boom, down I go, enough water to splash all over me in my new clothes. Nice. And my friends, and look, in their defense, I get this, they immediately start laughing, right, as anybody would do. <laughs> Even if you didn't mean it, you're just, your reflex is going to be to start uh, laughing. Yeah. Without even thinking about it, I just got up and ran home. Okay. Like, it never happened. And then, this was like a Friday or Saturday, probably mm-hmm. Saturday, because, you know, we had school. Um, so, I think, I don't know, they, they probably tried calling me over the weekend. I was just, like, not taking any phone calls. You know, you could hide out like that in those days, you know. Yeah. A phone wasn't with you everywhere you we went. And then on Monday, you know, my buddy says to me, what happened to you? And I played it off like, oh, and I just, I had to go home. You know, it was like, yeah. I remembered I had something to do. <laughs> and he was like, hey, we're sorry we laughed. You know, we missed having you there with us and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I was busy. <laughs> I totally forgot something. That was hugely disappointing. I don't think I ever, mm-hmm. got, I don't think I ever got to go on that date. Maybe we, we, maybe we did a repeat or something. I don't remember. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah, no. See, I remember that. If we did another one of it, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh. All right, well, we're going right. We're going to go to the big one. Yeah. I'm in fifth grade. Okay. There's this beautiful girl that I really like. Okay. So I tell her I like her. Mm -hmm. And she informs me (laughs) that I am not boyfriend material. (laughs) And that I should not, and I should not bother girls like her. This is very disappointing on two levels. As a fifth grader, it's yes. crushing. Sure. The same girl goes on <laughs> to be homecoming queen our oh, senior no. year. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to be reminded of that oh, senior no. year. Yeah. You know it. Yeah, and again, it sticks with you. Yep. Goodness. I don't know that I could uh, <laughs> even top that. That's... That's uh, something. That's, that's a funny one right there. Yeah, we should probably finish on that. I don't know that that's... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I hope that she is listening because, you know, it'd be interesting. You know, well, the great part is that she won't even remember it because she's so self-centered. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and well, I don't care. It's uh, fine. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, it's okay. Hugely disappointing. I am feeling better because we were able to laugh about our disappointments. Yes. So I guess that's the end. Uh, you know what? I never imagined that um, people think about me as often as I think about them. So, you know, like these memories we're talking mm-hmm. about. 
I may have a recollection of these things because, like, we're talking about it or whatever. I don't imagine anybody else is sitting around saying, remember that time with Will when I did... Nah, probably not. I don't know. Can we call that guy? <laughs> my fr- Yeah, friend Steven. On a, on a, up, even off the air, we need to ask him if he remembers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is a whole other kind of podcast that I want to do now. Well, this was a, a special one-off, so I hope yeah. everybody enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I believe... We have proven oh. beyond a shadow of a doubt most humiliating that John Schneider having to reschedule is not the most disappointing thing that's ever happened to either one of us. No, but <laughs> does that mean the most disappointing thing that happened was in the 80s? Uh, well, yeah, even the 80s dominate disappointment. So yes. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're so optimistic. <laughs> I love your spin on everything. Okay. Hey, we'll talk to you next time on The Idiots. See ya. See ya.